All right. Hey, Beers and Ears listeners. Casey here. It is 648 Central Standard Time on Tuesday, July 13th. Just about 30 minutes, myself and Matt, along with Matt's brother-in-law, are going to experience Black Widow in the theaters. Uh, We chose today. It's $5 movie night at the theaters. I'm sitting in the parking lot right now. Matt hasn't even arrived. The only reason why I wanted to do this now is I'm sitting in the parking lot, and the parking lot is jammed. This makes me so happy to see movies coming back the way they were meant to be seen. All right, hey guys, uh, Casey here from Beers and Ears, and... Uh, Matt is here as well. We are in the lobby grabbing our food from the concession stand. We're also here with Matt's brother-in-law. This is Eric, and I'm, I'm honored to be here watching the Disney movie with the Disney pros. <laughs> I absolutely love this. So uh, we're getting our food. Like I said in the parking lot, it's exciting to do this um, where it's meant to be, on the big screen. Matt, are you excited? Oh, this is, again, first movie back since I, I didn't even know what my last movie was. So um, I, it's it's very exciting that, that I'm seeing a movie in a theater. I'm, I'm, I'm giddy about this. <laughs> I, I, well, I saw Cruella, so I went to see Cruella in theater, okay. this theater, actually. So that's my second movie back, but it is packed. Like, Cruella was empty. I think we're going to have a full house, which makes sense. Me. It's $5 yeah. movie night. And it's Black Widow. Yeah. And $80 million opening weekend. Well, and, and I heard that was paired with a renowned $60 million yeah. off of the Disney Plus sub, uh, subscribers, which I, th- I was interested to hear what those numbers were. Yeah, $140 million weekend. That's pretty good for a, for a, we told you, I told you, and we've talked about this on the pod, that we think this was going to kind of reset the MCU a little bit, being this far removed, you know? Yeah, and I think it will. Um, I, I think this actually, all of this helps the MCU. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of course, tomorrow is Loki. Have you been following Loki on Disney Plus? I have. I'm obsessed with Loki. It's outstanding. <laughs> I am too. I can't wait till so tomorrow. So we get out of here and just wait till 2 a.m. and <laughs> I got to work. I got to be up at 6 a.m., so I don't know about that. But it is going to be the first thing I watch when I get home oh, tomorrow. Yeah. So. Yeah. so are you excited? I'm very excited. Yeah, like Matt said, this is the first movie that I've seen since the pandemic. So I'm really looking forward to it. My uh, my wife, Sarah, who is his, you know, uh, Sarah is his sister, doesn't like these movies. So I was happy to get to know Matt so that we can have something <laughs> in common and kind of have a bonding experience together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right. So we'll probably come to you after the show, give you some first reactions, and then we'll have a little bit of time to digest before we record on Saturdays. That sound good to you? Love it. All right. Well, very good. Uh, Coming to you live from Marcus Elgin Cinema in Elgin, Illinois. We'll see you in a little bit. There was an idea to bring together 23 episodes of a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that when we needed it, we were ready for the premiere a black widow this is that podcast and now for your hosts of the beers and ears podcast here's casey woolley and matthew brown hello everyone and welcome to the beers and ears podcast what really is essentially the capstone to something that we started last year it's like the final like we're here finally the infinity saga series finally even though it's phase four we were building to this movie matt my name is casey yeah my name's matt this is a long awaited episode here um wow we've been planning this one for a long time it's such a special occasion i poured myself a gin and tonic (laughs) to celebrate i am sipping that throughout this episode i'm so excited um just i mean we've had this on the calendar for like we've rescheduled it at least four or five times well we've had this on the calendar literally since we started the podcast we knew it was going to happen and then very soon after starting the podcast, we had the idea of doing the Infinity Saga series. So we started recording those, what, in April of last year, even though they Something didn't like release that, until yeah. October. And then the whole plan was, oh, yeah, November, never mind. Okay, May, never mind. Like, it, it kept getting pushed back. So, um, yeah, this is, you even heard the intro. We, we brought the old intro out yes. one more time just because. So, um, speaking of intro, uh, you heard our cold open there um which was kind of our initial thoughts going into black widow um before we kind of get into to it here matt um why don't we go ahead and um play 
the our kind of initial reaction thoughts real quick. Uh, this was literally taken, what, five minutes? I think after we got a restroom break in, five minutes after watching the movie and we were standing outside with the mosquitoes like sucking our blood um, of kind of what our thoughts was. So let's go ahead and put that on first um, and then and then we'll, we'll dive into it. All right, it is 9.54. We've just come out of Black Widow. Uh, we're going to do a much more comprehensive uh, take on Saturday. We've had a chance to digest, but uh, first reactions, we're going to give it to our, our guests. Yes. First reactions, how are you feeling about it? I loved it, man. It made me realize how much I miss Marvel movies, and I'm really looking forward to your guys' podcast just to kind of see what your thoughts on them are because there's, there's some hidden things in there that I think I wouldn't have realized or maybe common folk like me don't, so I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts, but I absolutely loved it. I have this tradition of always, after I watch a, a movie, going home and Wikipedia and everything about it so i can't wait to get home and wikipedia and everything about it in preparation for saturday matt what about you yeah i mean the, the last third of the movie is just hang on and 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 it just goes it yeah. it, it uh it's a rip-roaring ride at the end um you know it, interesting we don't get many prequels in the mcu no. this is one of just a couple so it, it it's it's interesting to kind of not have something that extends the story but backfills some things while also pushing the story forward and showing kind of where things are going yeah I think what I liked about this number one unlike some prequels and other universes where they try to like fill in every gap possible there weren't a whole lot of like connect here connect here connect here it kind of was a self-contained story yet there were elements of connecting it to the future and connecting it to the past but in the same regard it just wasn't forced. It was, it was a good old fashioned, yeah. just like sit down and hang out to the seat of your pants kind of movie, right? So spy action thriller. Yeah, yeah. and it really was, and, and you're definitely going to get a lot. It's 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 got a lot of tones. I've got to digest right now, but uh, but yeah, I think overall, um, I give it a thumbs up at the moment. Uh, how about you? Oh yeah, thumbs up. I mean, it, it's interesting because you usually don't get our snap reactions. Yeah. So that's it's inter- it's interesting to get that. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens on Saturday when we've had a chance to digest. <laughs> thumbs up from you as well. Thumbs up, absolutely, absolutely. Thumbs up. And these mosquitoes are giving it a thumbs up too so i think we're gonna stop recording now we're outside the theater recording matt's got a 40 minute drive so does eric i've got a five minute drive so um anyway uh we'll finish recording on saturday guys see ya all right awesome so we're back uh one of the things, Matt, that you've commented about this podcast before is that you love that we kind of give some of these movies or shows or whatever some time to marinate before we really dissect them. So here we are five days later, and and we've had a chance to marinate on this a little bit. So I guess initial thoughts first uh, from you. Um, I am a slightly less high on it as I was uh, uh, when I first saw it and maybe not for the reasons that you think, um, and I, which will, I'm sure we'll dive into as we get on. But, uh, I, I felt like the more that I thought about this movie, it very much felt like Robert Downey Jr. got his swan song in Endgame, and really Natasha Romanoff slash Scarlett Johansson didn't. And I read a lot of interviews that said, you know, that was kind of on purpose. Like, the character of Natasha Romanoff would not have wanted this big public funeral, whereas a person like Tony Stark absolutely would have wanted a big public funeral. You know, you see that, uh, I guess, uh, sorry, blanket spoilers for spoiler. Oh, yeah. If, if, you're you're li- if you're at this point now and seriously, like yeah. we're reviewing black widow. So come on. Yeah. Um, you know, her grave is very secluded, like very off the beaten path. And that feels like her character, but it very much feels like this movie was just kind of like, a, okay, we need to give Scarlett Johansson her own movie and Black Widow the, her own movie. Because I, I, I didn't feel like it necessarily progressed the MCU super far forward. It definitely progressed it some, but nothing like uh, uh, what, what a series like Loki did. I know we're getting to that next week. I don't want to divulge too much into that. But I felt like Loki thrust the MCU into this new thing, and Black Widow, while an entertaining movie, didn't necessarily do that. What, what about you? So, okay, I want to respond to yours first, and then I'll kind of go into my thoughts. So I see 100% what you're saying, but I feel like that was by design. I, I feel like 
Okay, so I'm going to get very meta here for just one moment. We have literally been on a 23 movie adventure for the last decade that all pointed to one main plot point. Like, even in the early stages, we may not have known that it was doing that, but probably within the first two or three years, we knew we were moving towards something. And along the way, we got some huge temple uh, movies like Avengers and Age of Ultron and Captain America Civil War. But from a meta perspective, from a meta perspective, we were moving towards this one major... Uh, plot element, if you will, right? Are you with me so far? Yeah. And I was actually thinking about this today. You mentioned Loki, you know, even take Black Widow out of it for a second. I was thinking about this today because right now, as MCU fans, we don't have that long distance view right now of what's to come. Yes, we know that they're going to introduce King the Conqueror. We know that there's something having to do with the multiverse, but it's not like where there was this finite infinity zone saga. You know what I'm saying? A finite infinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I hear what you're it's saying. It's not like, like we, we, we could keep track of kind of where we were with the infinity zones. Like even in the background, people were were counting, okay, well, there's that stone. It finally made its way in. There's that stone. The only stone that's missing is the soul gem. You know, where's that going to show up? You know, so people were able to keep track of all that. Right now, we don't necessarily have that. So in fairness, to bring it back around to Black Widow, there was no need necessarily to have Black Widow push any kind of a the agenda along. I, I honestly think that if they tried to do that with a movie that was frankly shoehorned into the past, was shoehorned into in between Civil War and Infinity Wars, it would have felt awkward. I think along those lines, I think that's why we didn't really see any cameos of the Avengers either or anyone else other than the picture of Clinton, the one voice uh, of him. Um, uh, uh, I think he did a, a voiceover, which he didn't get credited for, um, uh, Clint, uh, Clint did. Other than that, it was truly her story. It was really our, it was almost like a um, origin story for her after we already knew who she was like, like, does that make sense? So I think for oh, that absolutely. reason, cause, cause I think that that's one of the reasons why I really did enjoy the movie was that they didn't try to like go a bunch of like, eh, look at this. Eh, mm-hmm, eh. Mm-hmm. Like it really was a black widow movie that they didn't yeah. try to shoehorn anything else in. So yeah, I, I, I didn't, didn't necessarily mean that comment and like, I, I, I didn't enjoy it, but. Oh, I didn't um, take it that way. I, I think yeah. I was just responding to the fact that like, yeah, no, I hear you. Like, I went into it not really expecting it to push the MCU along. Like, first of all, it, it's a it's a victim of of time. I mean, this movie would have come out last year in May, so like we would not already have Loki or WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, all these other recap things that have started to happen that have started to move us into True Phase Four. That's also why I'm kind of shocked that they even call this a Phase Four movie. Um, because f- frankly, like it feels like it's a phase three ending. Like it does feel like for them to call it the beginning of phase four, it feels like it, it, it's almost like Spider-Man far from home was kind of an ending of phase three. This could have been the true ending of phase three. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it starts a little bit down the path with, with her sister and everything and Val, but frankly put Spider-Man kind of started us down the path of revealing Peter Parker as Spider-Man. So, I mean, like, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, that's that's all this movie was in terms of, like, moving the plot forward was a introducing her sister as a player in this universe. And that, you know, it, and, and that's really kind of the big thing, which, um, and that's okay. And and I, I think that's that's one of the positives that I had of the movie and why I still really, really liked it is, they didn't try to do too much with it. It was mm-hmm. a really nice spy thriller diving into this character, showing a little bit of what it was like in between civil war around infinity war. Like, it, like that. I, I, I liked that. So what about you? What was your, you know, you, 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 what was your initial, what initial reaction versus now? Um, 
Well, I think when you heard of my initial reaction, I was excited. I had just gotten out of it. I thought the way they ended the end credit scene was really well done. Um, I, 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 again, I, I, I still love it. I think it's a, it was a great movie. I mean, is it my favorite MCU movie? Absolutely not. Is it the worst MCU movie? Absolutely not. I would probably pop it um, top third. Um, it, it's pretty good in that regard. Um, and, and this is coming from somebody who was never a Black Widow fan to begin with. But I think the way that 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 Scarlett Johansson played her in this movie was different than we've seen her. She was much more vulnerable. And I know we're going to get into all that here in just a couple minutes. But I think I think generally speaking, I'm 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 happy with it. I think it was well done. I think the director did a great job. I think I'm suffering from the same thing that most MCU fans are suffering from right now, which is we're already kind of moved along into this idea of the multiverse. I mean, frankly put, this came out last Friday, so this came out um, uh, eight days ago, and then Loki, you know, final episode came out on Wednesday. That placement, that final episode of Loki, and I know we're going to get into, holy snap, holy smokes, like it's, um, like, Black Widow won't be the talk of the town very fat, very long because Loki kind of picked up the slack there. Um, but for what it was, I'm absolutely sold on it. And I thought it was well done and, and worth the wait. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, so, I mean, this is usually where we go into, I mean, favorite parts, favorite characters. Uh, uh, yeah, let, Let's start with the good stuff. What, what, yeah. did you, what did you like? Okay, I think that her sister, um, uh, Florence Pugh, who plays Yelena Belova, um, I think that um, she was awesome. I, oh, I absolutely, I, the, the chemistry that the two of them had on, on, um, on screen as sisters was truly how sisters and siblings interact. Like it was so fun to watch them, um, interact with one another and the way they kidded one another, the way they tease one another, the way, the one they, the way that they loved one another that when they embrace and you could just tell there was a true chemistry there. I will also add the whole pre scene in Ohio, I thought was brilliantly done. The actress, the young actress they got to play, um, um, uh, Natasha, uh, and, and her sister, frankly, um, you truly felt for them as th- what was happening and like she didn't want to go and then the, as they're in the i don't even want to call it the credit scene the intro scene after they get back to to russia and they kind of do that montage with the with the red and they kind of show the red room and stuff and you see what's happening to these little kids i mean it's hard not to think about child trafficking at that moment and, and what goes on in the real world and what could, you know, these kids are being groomed for something, you know, and, and that happens with child trafficking. It's just much worse. And so, I mean, that, that was emotional too. I thought that was just extremely well done and a great commentary on, on, you know, there are kids in this world who can't be kids, you know? Yeah, absolutely. How about Um, you? hundred percent agree with you that, uh, Yelena, I, I think outside of, Black Widow really steals the show. And I, I, I think they wanted the Red Guardian to be kind of the show stealer. Mm. And I felt like he, he was okay. He was fine. But I really felt like Yelena like really commanded the screen. And then I'm a big pace person in movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of times why I don't like movies or shows is because of pace. And I felt like this movie paced very, very well. That last third is buckle up. Oh where, yeah! When they finally, you know, hatch the plan and and get captured, it is go go go, and all of the the fight scene as the red room is falling, and mm-hmm. uh, oh man, that was just absolutely excellent. I, I, I want to add one more character real quick too. I really liked the character of Melina, um, and I felt that um, Rachel Wise did a really good job with her. Like, I did not see the switcheroo coming. I didn't either. Um, I did not see the so. I, for those of you who've seen the movie, obviously, if you've gotten this far, you you'd know this. The part where where Melina is seemingly in um, uh, uh, Drakoff's um, office and and kind of talking with him, and then he kind of taps her on the head because he realizes it's not really Melina, and then uh, Black Widow pulls the mask off, and it's actually her, and then Melina's the one who got locked in. So, like, I didn't see that coming, and, and up until that, you know, it's funny because 
at the farmhouse, you hear her say, I've already called the Red Room. They're on their way. I'm sorry. But then when um, uh, the, uh, Yelena comes out and sees Black Widow down and her uh, Black Widow down and her mom up, you say, "Oh well, it sounds clearly that she double crossed her or whatever." But it, it was it was really that was a good point of the movie where I was like, "I was like, oh wait, what just happened?" And it, it's almost a callback to, um, oh my goodness, one of the movies. Winter, it's Winter Soldier. Where is it? She, Winter Soldier. Yeah, okay, she uses the same exact yeah. technology to be the. Um, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So I thought that having a callback to that old, you know, that French, you know, the old movie before, without it being like, hey, here it is, it was just kind of like she used it again, and and it, and it it didn't work, but it got her in the office, which is what mattered. Mm-hmm, exactly. And the other thing that I really appreciated that I noticed because of how many times I have watched these MCU movies. So the whole Taskmaster thing is yeah. that the Taskmaster can mimic what he has seen. Yeah. And the amount of fight scenes and fight moves that Taskmaster does that are literal carbon copies of fight scenes in other movies where I'm watching it going, oh, yeah, I know exactly the scene that that's from. Huh. There was I don't one, think I caught that. That's that's awesome. There was one from Captain America Winter Soldier where uh, Steve and Bucky are fighting, and and there, there's a specific fight, ah. fight scene fight move that I really really like, and I and so I've watched that scene a lot, and I saw Taskmaster do it. I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And, so speaking of Taskmaster, um, what did you think of the switcheroo there? I I like that the MCU is going counter to what comic books do mm-hmm. i think that early on they really had to like stay within a comic book box a little mm-hmm. bit of freedom but they had to stay within it because if they went too far out of it and you kind of saw this with iron man 3 that they went really out of the box and comic book fans went oh, no whereas taskmaster in the comics um to my knowledge uh, I'm sure there's a thousand different variations of him. This is not the variation. It, it's usually a, a guy and usually is is just like an expert, you know, the expert combat person, but not necessarily like d- technology based or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I like what they did it. My actual knock on this movie, I wanted more Taskmaster. I felt mm-hmm. like they really... It w- he or I guess she was in a couple of really good fight scenes, but really I didn't feel like Taskmaster was the thorn in the side there. It was like the minion that showed up kind of. I, I just I wanted to see more and I hope that I see more. You know, there's the kind of the, the question is, is now now that she is not under the mind control stuff anymore, is she joining this kind of alternate Avengers that's being built with us agent, uh, Yelena and taskmaster and, uh, possibly some others. So I, I honestly, that, that was one of the things I wanted more taskmaster. It's funny. Cause I, I wasn't as high on taskmaster. I, I mean, I thought the story arc with her was good. I, I liked that it was her daughter, his daughter. Um, I, I found the scenes with taskmaster quite boring myself, but you know me, I'm not a huge fight scene guy i like the dialogue i felt for me the most compelling scene of the whole movie was when she was in drakov's office and and the moment that she tries to go strike him and she can't like and and he goes it's because you know you you, the pheromones you know uh, this particular scent that i'm wearing prevents you so you may not be under my control but you can't hurt me like that was that was awesome. Like, well, like and her the, manipulation to get him to punch reveal the and, plan and, oh, and the yeah. whole like, thank you for your cooperation, which is a callback to Avengers, uh, which I thought was, again, clever without being campy. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, I agree that that scene was very, very strong. So, OK, I, I have something that's that's bothering me about that whole last scene, though, that I, I, I maybe I missed it and I, I need some explanation. OK. So they have this, you know, concoction that can break the mind control. And that's mm-hmm. the whole reason why the Red Room is trying to find Yelena and Black Widow. Yep. Because they have it. So they capture them and they get it and they put it in a freezer. I feel like that you should just destroy that. 
there's there's literally no reason for them to have that around. Why did uh, who, they not? Who just created it? it? Who created it? I, mean, I missed that part. That yeah, was the other thing that drove me nuts about that. But it's like, okay, they've got this thing, but where did it come from? I don't think it really referenced where it came from. Okay. It just was like it. It you were introduced to it as okay. She's been broken from this mind control, and get and and then when they when they finally meet up, the sisters meet up. That's when it's explained. This is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that that was one of the things that I'm like, why why in the world would you keep that? You you yeah. don't you have it, destroy it. Like that's what you that's what you want to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, had they done that, the the plot would have been foiled. And exactly. That been that, you know. So, so okay. What about parts that you did not like? I mean, obviously that was one of them. Yeah, so that that bothered me, and then again, just the the, the less taskmaster thing. Um, I I don't know, like the the thing that I like about superhero movies is that they involve like superheroes, and I know Red Guardian is a super soldier, but I don't know, like I it it. it I, I like that it was a spy thriller, but at the same time, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm talking out both sides of my mouth here. Is Black Widow not superhero enough for you? I I don't like I I it's it's kind of the same thing with like the Hawkeye series. I mean, I'm excited for it, but I I don't know. Like I I hmm. I don't know. I'm hmm. I'm. It, 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 I, I just I, I guess I wanted more fantastical. I guess. See, I chalked this up there similar to kind of Captain America. I mean, it, it was a, I mean, Captain America, his original movie or his second movie. I mean, it was the spy, th- especially a second movie, spy thriller type movie, it, less fantastical. Yeah. Of course he's a, he's a super soldier, but technically so is red guardian. I mean, you know, so I, I did thoroughly enjoy the prison breakout. Um, yeah, yeah, with, that was a fun with, scene with the avalanche. Oh my gosh, that was so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of funny, campy, kind of comedic moments throughout the movie too. I, <laughs> I love Yel- when Yelena is giving her crap about the way she lands and flips yep, her head back, the, the <laughs> and then she does, yeah. then she does it and goes, "This is, you know what?" Like, yeah. I just, I thought that was really, really well done too. But so. I guess there really wasn't any moment that I like totally detested. Yeah, same like, thing. like where I'm like, oh, that was just bad. Because yeah. um, even like the villain, like I know this is always a big thing of what did Matt think of the villain? It was fine. Like, it, Do you think it, he's it, dead? Do you really think he's yeah, dead? Yeah, I think he's dead. I, okay. I, I think they're not bringing him back. I think this was very much like a bow on the Black Widow story. Okay. Um, right. um, I, I, yeah, I think I think they they shot that scene in a way that that made it look like yeah he is he is truly gone and i don't think they necessarily want him to be a thorn in the side mm-hmm. um but it also would not shock me if they bring him back but based on what i know is coming i i doubt they will mm-hmm. what do you think of the end credit scene with uh, uh Val- was it valentina yes um very i mean very interesting i th- this is with disney plus it it opened so many roads for the MCU because there are certain characters and certain movies and uh, or certain sorry certain characters and certain storylines that are just not going to work cinematically. Mm-hmm. I think of something like the TV shows we've already gotten. If they were to have to announce Falcon and a Winter Soldier, and you got the as a movie. And you got the just the show, but as a movie, I felt like that wouldn't have been good. But because it was a show, it was, I, if you listen to our episode, not our favorite, but still really good. Yeah. I think WandaVision is the same way. Had they done a WandaVision movie? Yeah, WandaVision as a movie would not have worked. It, it that, would like not that, have worked at all. That whole premise would not have worked. Loki, have, Loki could have. I, I agree. Loki could have, but Loki still. Loki could have, but, but so, yeah. You know, you've got now this, you know, you know, Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts, whatever, you know, there there's I think that's a great Disney Plus type thing. Um Young Avengers, they're kind of setting up with WandaVision, um Kid Loki, like they're they're clearly introducing these characters in. Uh you know, there there's just so many more things that they can do now. And so the the idea that 
this is kind of setting up the Hawkeye series, which is later this year, which I'm sure is going to involve, you know, Hawkeye having to deal with the fallout of his decisions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in between Infinity War and Endgame, and uh, you know, introducing a couple new characters. It sounds like from the Hawkeye comics. Again, had they announced a Hawkeye movie, I'd be like, I, cool, I guess, uh, but. A Hawkeye TV show, it's perfect. So, I mean, it has just opened up the the wide array of storylines that they can now tell to really enrich the mm-hmm. cinematic universe. Absolutely. No, I'm 100% with you. There's a great YouTube video out there I watched this morning or yesterday afternoon, I can't remember, um, that it's about 15 minutes long and it does a really good job kind of surmising what happened with Loki, what kind of where we are, kind of the state of play right now for the MCU, where we're at with Black Widow, where we're at with Loki, kind of what, where this could go, you know, how does this reinvent some of the movies, some of the characters, you know, are we going to see some, you know, the what if series, like, even though that's supposed to be this, this spinoff, it, it also is in the MCU technically. So it'll be interesting to see if anything from that finds its way into the actual, the movie, if you will, like you, like you said, we're in kind of some uncharted territory at this point, because Mm -hmm. I think MCU for the last 10 plus years, 11 years has been movies only with, you know, obviously a little bit of a, a veer into agent Carter and a couple other things. But like now, I mean, it's very clear that the MCU is the movies is the TV shows, um, I don't know if they've done comics. They uh, have like here but, and there, but, but not, I don't think that's going to be a long-term thing. I, I think what's interesting in the way that they're doing this, though, is that if somebody was to just watch the movies, they would still be okay. Like mm-hmm. they don't have to watch the TV shows to be following along. They could just watch the movies and be okay. Any one of these movies really could be a standalone movie. I mean, and be and hold up on its own. Yeah, there's threads that connect to all these other things, but any one of the movies could be a standalone movie, or at least the character, like you know, the Captain America series could be its thing, or the Thor thing could be its thing. Yes, you may not necessarily get all the references from what's going on, but generally speaking, they're good movies, and Black Widow's no exception. It's one you can just watch and have a good time with. Well, and I think here is where I've realized post black widow how fortunate we are to be watching and have watched this mcu unfold real time absolutely you know when iron man came out and they decided to do this whole connected universe that was unheard of yep the idea of connecting movies outside of like you know one two and three like doing a trilogy the idea though of connecting non-trilogy movies was unheard of. The fact that they were going to do Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and then do an Avengers movie oh, yeah. was We've like, about that. Was like whoa. Yeah. And, and so I, I just, I think we're taking for granted a little bit that this is very much like a, I don't want to like overstate it, but in terms of like an entertain from an entertainment standpoint in the entertainment sphere, we are witnessing like an evolution of storytelling that I don't think anyone thought was possible and really no one has duplicated. People have well, tried and, to duplicate and it. No and they one can't. will be able to duplicate because the second that someone tries to do it, first of all, you're going to be living up to this monumental standard and there will be the, 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 the fans of the people, the critics out there who says, well, you're just trying to do what Marvel did before. I think you're right. I think it's really, you know, when our kids, go to watch this they'll have the benefit of just having the catalog available where where with us we got to kind of experience it It is it is interwoven in our lives you know for the good or bad it's going to be interesting too because it's some they will not be able to sustain this momentum forever i mean i know it's not now i know it's probably not five years from now at 10 years from now they won't be able to sustain this momentum forever. I, 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 I think the only other series that probably has as much love and they've had a lot of freedom to do what they want with and has kind of carried over generations has been James Bond. When you mm. think about James Bond, 
there's these very loosely connected things. They don't really have anything to do with each other. Sometimes there's story arcs over two or three movies. Sometimes, but there's different characters playing them all. The, you know, different actors who play the character all the time. This is a much more tightly connected. But at some point, the momentum will run out. I'm, you know, we've talked about this before. I wonder if some of that momentum would have run out had we slid right into Black Widow, slid right into some of the stuff. Where with COVID, there was a pause. The momentum paused, and now there's this craving for it again. I'm just wondering if that bought a couple more years that may not have been there before. It might have. And really, I mean, they're cramming it in. Like, I mean, we've got three more movies coming out at the end of this year. Like, we've got Shang-Chi, we've got uh, Eternals, and we've got Spider-Man. Plus, I believe the Hawkeye series is yep. is going to be at the end of the year as well. So we've got three movies in a series, and usually, and what if, and what yeah, if. and what if as well. So I mean, usually we've gotten the rhythm with movies where it's like a summer movie, maybe a, a you know an early summer movie, a late summer movie, and a, a you know November release movie. And they're really kind of like getting back on track here. It looks like, and we are now into the point where. Marvel is really diving deep. I mean, Shang-Chi is not a character that your common common person knows. Well, neither were the Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. But yeah, still, I mean, that's the whole thing is that they I think they realize that the common person doesn't have to know it if if I mean, I am the common person. I mean, 12 yeah. years ago, 12 years ago I knew nothing about Iron Man. I I you know, I was not and here I am doing a friggin' podcast about this. You're right. They're digging deep. <laughs> Um, and but I think that's good. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I like that they're digging deep. There's so many cool Marvel characters out there. And I mean, ultimately, kind of the big overhanging question is, you know, when are the X-Men coming in now that they own the rights to them? So on that, hold on. Okay. Have you seen this article floating around about um, this fellow um, prisoner of the Red Guardian? Uh, so there's this article floating around that I'm going to try to pull it up here. Um, there, uh, actor Oliver Richters portrays a character named Ursa Major, which is the first mutant in the MCU. Because Ursa Major apparently is a, uh, okay. is a mutant. Now, MCU has not, Marvel has not come out to confirm this, but it's on IMDb, it's on Wikipedia. He, uh, this actor indicated on his Twitter uh, yesterday or the d- day before that um, that uh, he, in fact, was the first mutant in the MCU. Um, so if this gets confirmed, hold on to your seat. You know what I'm saying? Because that means here we are. Well, I mean, I, I love that they're, if they're doing it, they're s- like sowing the seeds now. Yeah. And that, you know, mutants have always been among us. And I think there's some really interesting and really unique storylines that they could do bringing them in so late. And I think that's been kind of frustration with like, why aren't the X-Men in there? Why can't they get the X-Men? But I think there's actually some very cool storytelling things that they can do by bringing them in so late. Did you see that promo with Deadpool and... um, And Korg? Korg. That was an officially sanctioned Marvel video. Mm -hmm. So... There again, they're teasing it, and with Deadpool's character kind of being aware of the actual audience, it fits. I I would be shocked if we don't. I mean, again, we got something integrated here. I would be shocked if we don't see something that really hits it hard. I mean, they've been. It's been a tease. I mean, it has been a tease, and and the multiverse part of it is probably a way to do it, especially with the fact that they're bringing in. Toby Maguire and and uh, Andrew Garfield into the, mm-hmm. into the and Alfred Molina and, and Jamie Foxx, Mal- like yeah, it, in, into the Spider-Man saga. There's talk. Will that then encompass Sony's um, Venom series and and that whole franchise over there? Who knows? But it definitely opens it up. Um, so yeah, yeah anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I just wasn't sure if you had seen that article or not. I have. So. Um, the, the last thing I want to get on Black Widow, and then I want to talk very briefly about the future, just kind of what we're, what we're excited about. Um, I really enjoyed the whole arc with, you know, they were this family. You know, we think it's a family and then find out it's actually a fake family that 
it was you know Russian spies and and two random girls that were just sent to you know be mm-hmm. Russian you know lo- you know Russian spies and. Uh, and I really liked the whole scene where they're down and, and sitting at the table and they're having this crisis of like, they're trying to reconnect and Natasha's like, no, that, that was all fake. And Yelena's like, it wasn't fake to me. Yeah. And then kind of her arc comes around of like, it wasn't fake to me either. Like, and, and like, I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, that's kind of maybe a mushy part of it, but well, I Well, that goes back that. to what I was saying is that it, this movie shows Natasha in a much more vulnerable state than than we've seen her before i think i think natasha i think romanoff has has compartmentalized all these aspects of her life so she can be this like kick butt avenger if you will but at the end of the day she's still human i I think i think you you get the fact that this is going to be a very different black widow a very different character the opening scene the moment that she's in that bathroom and she's kind of changing and she call calls General Ross and says, "Don't do this. Like, don't, don't do this. Like, there's no reason for. Like, you could see she's got some vulnerability. You know, she's not going to get caught, but you oh, yeah. can see that she's got some vulnerability there. And she's giving it up. She's like, I'm done. I'm done with this. You know, and and you know, and then then you come to find out later on that you know she's the one who who set the bomb off that killed the you no know, killed his daughter. And and there's remorse there. And then you find out that it's, she's not actually dead, but she thought she was like, you get a lot into her psyche. And I agree with you that that whole scene when they're sitting down, I think the, I think the four actor actors who played all those characters were great. I, I think that the actor who played um, a red guardian, um, um, David Harbor was awesome. Again, Rachel wise as Melina. I, I really felt the emotional connection there um there's some talk potentially that that the the melina and and red guardian could potentially come back to yeah i think they're gonna come back um and and they they should i i i hope they do uh i and i hope they especially with elena still in the mcu i i hope they do interact so okay we've got you know rest of this year three movies in a in a in a tv show um i i mean what if is in there too but let, let's go like not just I, I think what if is more of your yes it's the mcu but it's there it's 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 asking the question what if you know if for those of you that don't know that whole is a comic book series that was mm-hmm. the same thing of just asking what if this happened instead of this and then diving into that which is a really fun comic book series um, but the, let's go with Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, Far From Home, and Hawkeye. What are you most looking forward to? I, you know, it's funny. You, you, you said you wanted to do this, and I don't I, – I can't say that I have something that I'm most looking forward to because, again, I know nothing about Shang-Chi. I know nothing about the Eternals other than I think that they're supposed to be like godlike beings um, who I think are greater than Thanos. So – I've done a little bit of research, but again, even researching like what they are in the comics does you no good in the At MCU this point, no. because they, they toss all that in a lot of ways. Um, I think Hawkeye, I'm not excited about frankly, put. I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. Let's be, I, I've never liked Hawkeye. I've never liked the character. I think he's the most boring character of the MCU. I just, he's just boring to me. I've never liked him. Um, so I, I mean, yes, I'll, I'll probably, I don't even know if I'll watch it. I, I'm not excited about that one at all. Um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home, though, is the one I'm probably most excited about. Um, mm-hmm. which Sorry, says No Way lot. Home. I keep saying Far From Home. No yeah. Way Home. You're right. Um, it, it, it's, it, which is, says something because I, I was never a big Spidey guy for a long time, but I think after watching, um, Far From Home and the reveal and then watching the, um, the Spider-Verse one which I thought was really well done. Um, I think Tom Holland is an amazing actor and I'm, I'm intrigued about this idea of breaking these other Spider-Mans and I, I, the, the, the doc, Ock, whatever, but the other Spider-Mans like that, that really intrigues me. Like, I, I don't know. I've always, I've always loved the idea of, of crossovers mm-hmm. and, and watching different characters cross over into different environments and, and seeing the way that they interact. Um, I, I know I was doing some research that at one point there was a DC Marvel crossover in the comics. 
that could happen potentially. Who knows? You never know. And um, that'd be bonkers if that it would be totally bonkers. But they're doing it right now with Spider-Man. I mean, Sony is a completely different studio. They own the rights. End of story. They this this movie would not have happened had Tom Holland not st- stuck his his foot out and kind of went to Bob Iger and said, "What are you doing?" Like they this was done the negotiations for this movie they weren't going to do it. Sony was going to go ahead without it, and there's still potential that Sony could go ahead with the next movie. But I don't know. I'm kind of excited about that. But frankly put, I I, I this goes back to what I was saying at the very beginning of the episode. I don't have any idea where the like plot's going to go at this point because we don't have infinity stones that we're collecting we don't have a big bad baddie set up yet yeah we got introduced to he who remains at, at the end of loki which we'll talk about next week but we don't have a baddie yet and as far as the avengers and earth goes things are pretty good at the moment you know falcon and winter soldier we got a new captain Mar- captain america um you know, Wanda's kind of gotten through her grief, you know, like that's where we are contemporaneously at the moment. So what happens? Mm -hmm. And I think definitely Shang-Chi Eternals are brand new characters and doing kind of what Iron Man, Captain America, Thor was doing, which is setting up where we are in this universe. Um, Okay. Shang-Chi, I'm excited to see the real Mandarin, you know, 10 rings and his like whole terrorist organization. That was from Iron Man that that's been setting up. So love that that's happening. Do you think they'll call back to Iron Man? I, I'll bet they probably you will. want them to call back to Iron Man? Do you want Shang-Chi to actually be something that has ties? Like this is, we're at a point right now where these movies, they can either kind of move away from what we've already got established or they can have some connections to what we have established. I think in how general, much of a connection do you want? I think the only connection that needs to happen is that it is the same organization that organized Tony Stark's capture. That's it. You don't need to do anything else, in my opinion. Okay. okay. That that it's it's the Ten Ring Society. Like they made it very clear in Iron Man that that was the case. Boom! You, you've made that connection, and I, and I think Marvel has done a great job at not belaboring the connections. That they just that you can we're smart enough as viewers to make that connection. Um, excited to see it se- seems like Eternals um, is going to bring in the first romance story that the MCU has ever done which uh, I is think is Iron Man Pepper Potts a romance story or isn't Thor and uh, uh, Jane Foster a romance story isn't Captain America Agent Carter a romance story but like I'm talking like as the centerpiece of of like a major plot point. I didn't really feel like, like those were all kind of throwaway type things like, okay, great. Yeah. I didn't feel like that was the centerpiece. Um, and, and from what I'm reading again, this is just based on stuff that I've read. Um, they're going to try to lean into that with a couple of the characters. And I think that's a genre they really haven't really dove into. They've kind of like, Put it as the side thing over here, but not really done a mainstream thing with that. Right. And then I, I'm I'm with you on Spider-Man. Like bring in bring in all the classic uh, <laughs> uh, Spider-Man and the villains and all that. I mean, I, I, honestly, it 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 was more of the thing was it was a ton of fun with you, me, and Eric sitting in a theater watching a movie i agree getting to go out and yep. at, at the end of it be like oh my gosh what did yep. we just see oh cool yeah. what about this like, it's like uh, life returned to normal you know and and that's that's what is most exciting to me and so i'm just so happy that the mcu is back and uh that they've got some really unique stories and you know i said this early on in the infinity saga after you know avengers or something like that or even maybe a little bit into phase two they could have easily mailed it in and said, we got you. You are going to watch every single Marvel movie from here on out because you have to watch it in order to connect with the story. And so they could have just coasted and said, you know what? We've got you. They would, they, they would have coasted for a few movies, but it would not have lasted. But it just it keeps getting better. Like, that's no. what like I, I you, Feige you watch, is a genius. Feige yeah. is a genius. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just wild to me that you go, wow, that was the best movie I've ever seen. And then the next thing comes out and you're like, holy crap, that was even better. 
Yeah, I completely agree. You know, um, real quick, I've been. I just, I just googled this. Um, Stan Lee, did he have a? Did Did you catch his his cameo in Black Widow? I did not. I'm, I just googled to see if he did. So I'm looking right now. Um. Oh well. Oh, of course I just froze. Hold on. Um, it sounds like it was noticeably missing. Is what? Um, yeah. Yeah. It was. He did not have a cameo in Black Widow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Because normally there's like a picture or something, you know? Huh. Anyway. All right. Well, it is uh, closing time. Uh, before we go, real quick, we're not going to take a whole lot of time on this, but um, if you haven't had to take a look, I put it up in the Facebook group. Disney Shop Disney released their Christmas ornaments, at least their first wave of Christmas ornaments for 2021. Matt, was there any that struck you in particular? Um, the Fantasia one was the one that struck me. But honestly, outside of that, I mean, there were some good ones, but not necessarily ones that I was like, I have to get that. As the I understand, of- this is like the way the first wave. There's going to be two waves that come. Okay. I do like the key one. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. For obvious reasons. Um, the Fantasia one, like you said, was really good. Um, did you see the Scar one? I did. I, I yeah. I'm. I, I like. I'm that a one. huge fan of that one. On page mm-hmm. number nine, that one was kind of one of my favorites too. And the the hitchhiking ghost and the doom buggy was kind yeah. of cool too. I think. Yeah. They I, that I guess the the anniversary ones are usually the ones that I'm like, yeah, like because th- that gets you some oddball stuff. And I, I was happy to see an Atlantis 20th anniversary ornament. Uh-huh. But Did you the Pizza Planet one. I, yeah, the Pizza Planet truck. Okay, maybe there are more of them that I like, really like. Than <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a sucker for for ornaments. But and they've yeah. got that Luxo Jr. and Pixar bar one. It looks like it's just graphics. I'm hoping that actually is an ornament, though. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it seems like some of them were still in concept art, but they gave yeah. the concept art. So yeah. you know how much Casey and I love Christmas around here. So <laughs> we will definitely give you all of the Christmas uh, updates, uh, breaking news. So. Yeah, well, it's funny because here we are. I mean, all of our shows are planned out through Labor Day, but we've got us. Our next round of planning is going to put us into Halloween in the first part of Christmas. I know that's crazy to think about, but here we are. It's happening. (laughs) Woo! So the good news is we don't have to fill two shows a week. It's just one show a week. Yeah, which would be a lot easier to do. How in the world did we do that? (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know. I like. I have no idea. It's it. Yeah. Anyway. We were oh, it's closing time. If you'd like to get a hold of us, find us on Facebook at Beers and Ears Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears1928. You can also email us at Beers and Ears1928 at gmail.com. If you've not already subscribed to our show, please do so. If you're just listening, subscriptions help us uh, show up in other searches. So thank you very much. Um, let me see here. Yeah, I guess it's time to raise our classes. That's about it. So Absolutely. my GNT uh, has been empty for the last twenty minutes, but uh, I will still raise that glass. And uh, uh, this episode has been on us. Next week, we're staying in the MCU with you know we've referenced it a couple times. Loki, we've got our full Loki review coming. So absolutely. if you're an MCU fan, come on back next week. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your day. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast. <laughs>